Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Bible Baptist Church Online. Again, we hope today will truly be a help to you and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That is our whole goal, is to help people seek Christ and share hope. So I hope you'll jump right into this today and uh, take your Bibles with me. Turn to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, and uh, what an opportunity we have again to study the Word of God this morning. I hope it will be a help to you. Luke chapter 9. In verse 23, Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, the Bible says this, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Verse 24, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come and look at your word again. And Father, I pray that today would be a true help to us something that would help us grow closer to you in a relationship with you. And Father, help us to surrender our lives that much more. And Father, we thank you so much for you dying on the cross for our sins that we might even have an opportunity at a relationship with you. And I pray that your will would be accomplished here this morning. We love you. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you just looked up, I want you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I want to do something just a little bit different today. Okay, so I just want you just to listen. Okay, just listen and imagine. Imagine that you're having a conversation with God. Imagine you're having a conversation with God. Hopefully you've already heard the message from last week, talking about coming after Jesus, denying yourself, taking up your cross daily and following him. Now, you're with Jesus right now, and you're having this conversation. Here we go. I want you to just to listen. Well, here I am, Lord. You said, take up your cross. And I'm here to do it. It's not easy, you know, this self-denial thing. I mean, to go through with it, though. Yes, sir, I, I bet you wish more people were willing to be disciples like me. I've counted the cost and surrendered my life. And it's not an easy road. You mind if I look over these crosses? I'd kind of like a new one. I'm not fussy, you understand, but a disciple has to be relevant these days. I was wondering, are there any that are vinyl padded? I'm thinking of attracting others, and if I could show them a comfortable cross, I'm sure I could win a lot more. Got to keep up with the times and all. And I need something durable so I can treasure it always. Oh, is there one that's sort of flat so that it would fit under my coat? One shouldn't be too obvious, you see. Funny. There doesn't seem to be much choice here, Jesus. Just that coarse, rough wood. I mean, that would hurt. Don't you have something more distinctive, Lord? I can tell you right now that none of my friends are going to be impressed with this kind of workmanship. They'll think I'm a nut or something. My family would just be mortified. What's that? It's, it's either one of these or forget the whole thing. But Lord, I want to be your disciple. I mean, just being with you, that's, that's all that counts. But, but life has to have a balance, too. 
But, but you don't understand, nobody lives that way today. Who is going to be attracted by this self-denial bet? I mean, I want to, but let's not overdo it. If I start getting radical like this, they'll have me off to the funny farm. I mean, being a disciple is challenging and exciting, and, and I want to do it. But I do have some rights, you know. I just can't stand the thought of not having some rights, Lord. Lord? Jesus? Now, where do you suppose he went? Now, if you were closing your eyes, I want you to look back up and you can keep watching at this point. I believe that many of us kind of fall into this boat. Many of us want to be God's disciple, but we don't want to overdo it. We don't want to jump all in. We want to go out and choose our cross. We don't want Jesus to choose our cross for us. We don't want to pick up his cross. We want it to be comfortable. We want it to be attractive so that we can attract other people. We want it to look good and, and for people to look at us and go, wow. We often want to hide it under our jacket when it might be a little bit too obvious. We don't everyone, want everyone, excuse me, to think that we are some sort of nut. We don't want anybody to think that we're some sort of extremist. But I believe that God has called some of you. And maybe you've been fighting with him about it. Maybe you haven't given it over to him. He's called you to follow him. And instead of denying yourself, what you've done is you've denied him. Our culture is a culture that promotes self. Our culture is a culture that promotes self. We hear all the time, love who you are. You are something special. We hear this, God made you just the way you are. Be yourself. We hear all these types of things. And while I understand why some of these are, are extremely important, why they're, they're said, and I'll be honest, I have said some of these things. But what happens is if we continue to think these things and we continue to say these things, what happens is we perpetuate this self-centeredness culture. Hey, God made you just the way that you are. You don't have to change one bit. You are you. Self-centered. Many of us, if we're honest, we've bought into this philosophy. Christians have bought into this philosophy. People who claim to follow Christ have bought into this philosophy that it's all about me. Even when we give our lives to Jesus, we don't want anything about us to change. Even when we give ourselves over to Jesus and we deny ourselves, quote, we still don't want anything to change. We don't want to go anywhere. We want to stay right where we are. But we want satisfaction. We want satisfaction right now. We want everything done for us on this earth right now. We want to come to God on our terms. We want him to conform to our way of life. Self-centeredness. We want everything done our way. But listen, this is not what a disciple of Christ does. And Jesus takes some time and teaches on this exact point today. 
I want you to look again with me in verse, uh, let's actually read verse 23 again. And he said to them all, he being Jesus, said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him, number one, deny himself. Number two, take up his cross daily and follow me. So just stop there. So I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross, the cross that Jesus Christ has called me to, and I'm going to follow him. He's going to show me what to do. But look at verse 29. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Now Jesus gives us three things that we're supposed to do. Again, deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Those are the three things that we're supposed to do. But then he deals with our human nature. It is our human nature to save our own lives. It is our human nature for us to save our own lives. Now notice, for whosoever will save his life. That word save is an interesting word. From Strong's Dictionary, it means this, to deliver, to protect, or preserve. To deliver, to protect, or preserve. So Jesus is saying this, that anyone who saves or delivers or protects or preserves his own life, look at what the verse says, shall lose it. Anybody who holds on to their life, anybody who's self-centered, anybody who's in this self-preservation mode, anybody who's trying to deliver their own lives shall lose it. Again, we live in a world that's consumed with self. And this is exactly what Jesus is referring to here. He's referring to self-preservation. I am going to preserve my own life. We save our lives, we'll lose it. And here's the reality. If I'm going to preserve my own life, then I have to rule my own life. I have to rule my own life. And this is kind of where things begin to bleed in with our relationship with God. The reality is we say, God, I want to serve you, but I am in control of my own life. I am the one who does what I am supposed to do. We see this illustrated in the book of Judges. The Bible says that every man did that which was right in their own eyes. Every man's walking around thinking, you know what? I, that might not be right for everybody, but it's right for me. I rationalize it. I justify it. This is why I want to do that. I get to do whatever I want as long as it's right in my own eyes. And guess what that leads us to? That leads us to having our own truth. Again, it might not be right for someone else, but it's my truth. It's relative truth. It's relative to me. Listen, this morning, this, this happens every single day in our culture. We have people that are living by their own truth. They are identifying as one thing and then another. Every day their truth could change. It doesn't matter because it's their truth relative to how they're feeling one certain day. And in fact, nobody can tell them that they're wrong because it's their truth. And listen, we literally have an entire culture that has no idea what to do because every person, 
every person is living in their own truth. Listen, you who are listening to me here this morning, we are the exact same. We are only concerned with saving our own lives. We are only concerned with with living our own truth. There will be days that we identify as a Christian. And there will be other times where we identify as something else. We're identified as something different depending on the circumstances. In fact, if somebody would look at your life on, on a certain day, they would have no idea that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's almost as if we're living in our own little dream worlds. We've made up our own world and hey, I'm happy so it doesn't matter. You might say, well, I have morals. I'm a moral person. I, I still you know, follow some rules. The reality is this, we are still in control of our own lives. We are still saving it. We are in self-preservation mode. I'm going to rule my own life. I'm going to do that which is right in my own eyes. What does this do? If we live our life in self-preservation mode, what does it do? For whosoever will save his life, watch, this is the Bible speaking, shall lose it. By the way, this is Jesus Christ speaking. Whosoever will save his life, whosoever will self-preserve, whoever, whosoever will keep his own life, guess what? You will lose it. It causes us to lose our life. Again, that word lose, again, is an interesting word. Lose means to destroy, die, or perish. Destroy, die, or perish. Listen, when we live for ourselves, guess what we end up doing? We end up destroying ourselves. When we live for ourselves, we end up destroying ourselves. By the way, this is true in all areas of our spiritual life. In the fact, the Bible says that we can't even come to Jesus on our own. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus speaking, you cannot make it on your own. If you try to do it on your own. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. Listen, the reality is this. We are in self-preservation mode. I'm going to get to heaven on my own. Listen, no, you can't. That's self-preservation mode. If you try to do it on your own, you will perish. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Listen, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You have to believe in Jesus. In order to have an eternal home in heaven, in order to have your sins forgiven, you have to believe in Jesus Christ. Well, listen, it doesn't just stop there. In fact, the Bible tells us that If we don't believe in Jesus Christ, we will die. We will be destroyed. The Bible tells us that death and hell shall be destroyed in the lake of fire, which anybody, which is the second death, anybody who has rejected Jesus Christ will die. 
go to hell, then hell is cast into the lake of fire. Listen, I know we don't like to talk about that. But we will be destroyed. But again, it doesn't even just stop there. You might say, well, I have Jesus Christ. I've accepted him. I know him as my personal Savior. I trust that he died on the cross for my sins. His, my sins were placed upon him on the cross. His shed blood cleansed me of all my sins. I understand that. I've accepted that. I have a relationship with God. Listen, but we're still in self-preservation mode, which means we will still destroy or lose our lives. What does that look like? Here's what I believe it looks like. And I could be wrong, this is my opinion. But I, I believe it looks like a life of no love. I believe it looks like a life of no joy. I believe it looks like a life of no peace. You're in constant turmoil. Your, your heart and your soul are being continually twisted and stretched and pulled. And, and it's just constant turmoil going on in your life. You are literally being destroyed from the inside out because you have no peace. You have no joy. And I believe some of you are living that right now. Right now, today. You don't have any peace in your soul. You don't have any joy in your life. The joy of your life has just been sucked right out. In fact, there's a war going on inside of you and you don't know how to handle it. This is not what you had envisioned for your life. We may even say that we're depressed. Perhaps it's because we're thinking about saving our own lives. Perhaps it's because all we can think about in the last several weeks is our own comfort. Perhaps it's all because we can think about, all we can think about, excuse me, is our preferences. And those things are our entire focus. We have to be honest with ourselves this morning. Please be honest with yourself. Are we trying to hang on to what we want? Are we trying to hang on to what we want? Are we trying to save our lives? Because here's the reality. If we are, we're going to lose it. The longer we try to hold on, the less peace, the less joy, the less love that we have. As always, Jesus gives us a solution. He doesn't leave us in this miry clay. He gives us a solution. Look at verse 24. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Watch, but... Here's the transition. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Here's the, here's the best news. The solution to not losing your life is to lose your life. <laughs> it makes no sense, does it? Let me, let me put it to you in a different way. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. You need to realize that there is only one portion of this that you can control. There is only one portion of this whole system that you can control. You can either try to save your life 
or you can give it up. You can lose it. You are in control of that. I am not in control of the outcome. I'm only in control of what I do with my life. Listen, if I save my life, if I'm in self-preservation mode, guess what? Satan is in control of the outcome. Let me say that again. If I am in self-preservation mode, Satan is in control of the outcome. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to live your life for you. He wants you to save your own life and be in self-preservation because he wants to destroy you. Satan is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter chapter 5. He so badly wants to destroy you. In fact, he did this with Adam and Eve, the very first people in the world. He takes them in the garden and he tempts them. And he says to them, you need to eat of this fruit because when you eat of it, you will be like God. Okay, so... Adam and Eve go, all right, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to save my own life because I want to be like God. And so they take of it and they eat. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? Jesus, God said, in the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. Adam and Eve didn't drop dead the moment they ate of it. Guess what? They lost that relationship that they had with Jesus Christ, with God, they walked with him, they talked with him, that would no longer happen. And in the next several years, guess what happened? They died. Destroyed their lives because they wanted to preserve it. However, listen, if I lose my life, if I don't do what I want, if I deny myself, guess who's in control of the outcome? God. God is in control Notice, please, with me, what we are supposed to lose our lives for. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life, watch, for my sake. For my sake. What we are doing is we are handing our lives over to Jesus Christ and we are surrendering our lives to him. My motivation for losing my life is not so that I will take all my money and give it all to the poor and live in poverty. Listen, that sounds great. That sounds wonderful. That's probably a spectacular thing to do. Listen, take all your money, sell and give all, and give it to the poor. You live in poverty. Sounds good, doesn't it? But that's not my motivation. My motivation for losing my life is not so that I will never have anything to do again. My motivation for losing my life is not so that I will quit my job and that be the end of it. No, listen. Our motivation for losing our lives is so that Jesus will be able to accomplish something in my life and with my life. Jesus wants to do something with your life. Listen, this is simply a matter of perspective. It's basically saying this. I am not my own master. I am not in control of my own life. Jesus is. I do what he wants me to do. 
Can I still have fun? Yes, but my life is not lived to have fun. My life is lived for Jesus. Can I still have a job? Yes. Can I still have friends? Yes. Can I still have family? Yes, but that, that is not my motivation. My motivation is Jesus Christ. I live for Him. In fact, the Bible gives us a great illustration. If you would, please turn over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, which by the way, this is what we'll be studying over the next several weeks in our small groups. And if you're interested in a small group, there's a link in the description. Just go ahead and click on that. Let us know you're interested in an online small group. We would love to connect you. But Philippians chapter 3, we'll be going through the book of Philippians in our small groups. Philippians chapter 3, look with me in verse 7. Watch what Paul says here. This is powerful. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung. Why? That I may win Christ and be found in Him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Listen, Paul actually was one of the ones who actually denied himself, who lost his life. And guess what? Paul found his life in Jesus Christ. Paul found his life in Jesus Christ. He lost his life for the sake of Jesus and found it. This is the exact essence of what Jesus is saying. He didn't, Paul did not live for who he was. Listen, Paul had some great things about him. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a Jew. Did he ever use those things? Yeah. There were a couple times, or once in particular, where Paul said, I'm a Roman. But listen, he didn't use that for himself to fulfill his own lust. He did that for the furtherance of the gospel, for following Jesus Christ. He gave all those things up and used them for Christ. Let's get practical. Do you have a house? Do you have a house? Let me encourage you this morning. Give it to Jesus and use it for him. Do you have children Give them to Jesus and allow him to use them. Do you have a car? Give it to Jesus and use it for him. Do you have finances? Give them to Jesus and use it for his purpose. Do you have a phone? Give it to Jesus. and Use it for him. Do you have a social media account? Give it to Jesus and use it for his sake. Do you have a hobby? Give it to him. And let him use it. Let me ask this question. Do you have a firmly held belief? Something that you're so passionate about, you have to tell everybody about, listen, give it to Jesus and let his will be accomplished. You have a job, give it to Jesus and let him use it for his sake. Do you have a cottage? Give it to Jesus and let him use it for his sake. Do you have a trailer? Do you have a boat? Do you, I mean, you could fill in the blank over and over and over and over again. Give them to Jesus and let him 
Use it for his sake. Listen, is having a boat wrong? No. Is having a cottage wrong? No. Is having a job wrong? No. Listen, is having a firmly held belief wrong? No. But some of us hold on to those things and we use them for us. What we end up doing is we end up destroying our lives. We become so focused with those things. What happens is we often destroy the lives of the people around us as well. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake, watch, the same shall save it. The same shall save it. If you will lose your life for the sake of Jesus Christ, you actually end up saving it. Your life will be worth something. Your life will be preserved. In fact, John chapter 10 tells us that God places us in his hand and nobody can pluck him out. Your life will be delivered from the bondage that you are currently in. Listen, if you will follow Jesus, you will save your life. If you will follow Jesus, lose your life for him, you will have such incredible peace. Why? You have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Why? Here's why. Because you are no longer trying to fight. You are no longer trying to scheme. You are no longer trying to manipulate. You are no longer trying to control your will and have your will accomplished. You've left it in God's hands. God, I don't know what you're trying to do here. But I know you're in control. Peace. If you will follow Jesus and lose your life for his, his sake, you will have joy unspeakable and full of glory. The problems of this earth won't steal your joy from you. Your joy is not in your circumstances. Your joy is set in Jesus Christ who is in control of all circumstances. If, you, if we're looking for just a quick illustration, we see this exemplified a few verses before. A few verses before verse 24, we see, look, actually jump up to verse 13. But he said unto them, there's all these people that need to eat. Give ye them to eat. And they, being the disciples, said, we have no more but five loaves and two fishes. Except we should go and buy meat for all this people. We know that these five loaves and two fishes came from a little boy who gave it to Jesus. He simply said, this little boy simply said, I don't have much, but what I have, I will gladly give to thee. It's a change of perspective. I can hold it. I can keep it. But instead, he gives it to Jesus, and it is multiplied. Look, verse 14, for they were about 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, make them sit down by fifties in the company, and they did so, and made them all sit down, and he took the five loaves and two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and brake, and gave to the disciples, set before the multitude, and they did eat, and were all filled, and there was taken of fragments that remained to them 12 baskets. So on top of the little five loaves and two small fishes that this little boy got, 12 baskets were left over. Listen to me. If we will simply give our lives to Jesus Christ, God will take it and he will multiply it. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, the Bible says this, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, 
pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom for the same measure that ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again. The cost of discipleship is a denial of yourself. Denying yourself. Why? Because you have a greater calling. And constantly following Jesus. It's changing your perspective on life. On your life. It's giving your life into God's absolute powerful hands. So let me ask you this morning. What have you been saving for yourself? What have you not given over to Jesus? In what area of your life are you not following him? And I encourage you this morning, lose that for his sake. Lose that for his sake and you will find a new joy. You will find a new peace. Again, if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. Give it up and give it to God. Give it up and give it to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that you've allowed us to have this morning. Father, if there's one that's listening that does not know you as personal Savior, I pray that today they would know that. Father, I pray that they would click that link and just fill out some information. Just let us know that they want to know more about you. Father, if there's some that are listening that are holding on to some things for themselves, Father, I pray that you would convict us today. I pray that you would change our lives. Help us to give that thing over to you so that you can use it and multiply it. Father, we love you. So thankful for the opportunity. We pray all these things in your name. I'm going to ask you again to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We just want to give you just a few moments to make a decision. Basically, your decision is this. God, here's my life. Take and use it. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. I don't have much, God. What I have, I'll gladly give to you. Let's give you some time to talk to the Lord right now.